Hey, Alien Minute listeners, how would you like an extra bit of content from John and Mitch? Say an episode where we talk about things other than Alien, like the movies that we're watching, genres, time periods, all sorts of interesting, different takes on movies. If you want to do that, you can come over and support us at patreon.com forward slash Alien Minute. Pledge us some support to help us out and to get that extra content. We promise you it'll be worth your time. Hello and welcome to the Alien Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. My name is John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryant. And today we're looking at Minute 46, which begins with Ripley saying, for a science officer, dot, 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 and ends with Dallas listening to some Mozart in the shuttle. And uh, it's a new week, so we have a new guest. We have Matt Curione, a podcaster, uh, who's joining us today. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? And uh, Yeah, sure. I'm actually uh, the host and co-host of uh, Hey, What You Watching? It's a weekly movie journal where my co-host, Marcelo Pico, and I basically just shoot the breeze about what films we've watched in the last week. And I'm also the co-host of the Talk Film Society podcast, uh, where Marcelo and I, yet again, we introduce uh, various guests and topics uh, each uh, each time we do an episode, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, pretty good uh, Twitter following. Uh, we try to do good work, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've, li- I've listened to a few episodes of both shows, and it's uh, it's cool, man. I really enjoy it. Yeah, uh, hey, what you watching is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Just I, I like those kind of conversational shows that are a little looser topic wise. Yeah, you just I mean, it's more like sitting in on a conversation over beers. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, yeah. Like you're hearing two people at the end of the bar talk about movies, and you're like, "I want to join in." Right. What, what are they talking about? Exactly. Nice. Well, uh, Matt, why don't you tell us about the first time you saw Alien and what kind of effect it had on you? All right. Um, actually, I first saw Aliens when I was a kid, um, mostly because it was an action movie, and I was an action movie junkie when I was a younger kid. Didn't really get into horror till a few more years, and then I remember seeing. When Alien 3 was about to come out, there was an HBO first look that had a behind-the-scenes look at the first three Alien pictures. And that was the first time I really got a taste of Alien. Uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but if you ever track this down, it's actually a really cool uh, behind-the-scenes doc. They showed recently unearthed, in quotes, uh, deleted scenes from Alien. So, you know, you got to see... um, the scene where Ripley, uh, or where Lambert uh, slaps Ripley, you got to see uh, Dallas in the egg later on, and it was terrible quality. They did nothing to clean it up, but uh, they were talking about, you know, Alien Three, and they're like, "Well, this is the inspiration we're taking," and that actually led me to rent Alien from the local video store, and I didn't sleep for a few days. Uh, this is one of those films that hit me hard in like a weird personal way. And over the years, it actually has grown into my favorite film of all time, uh, regardless of genre. I, I find it to be a perfect distillation of Ridley Scott's style. Uh, he's also my favorite uh, filmmaker, so they kind of go hand in hand. He did no wrong with Alien and would continue to impress me with any film that, he's, that he has uh, released, uh, no matter the varying uh, quality that, that they might be. What was it that initially sort of distressed you so much? Uh, the claustrophobic nature of it. Uh, the fact that 
this looks like a spaceship that has basically been through a lot. It's been in service for a while. Nothing is clean. It's all grimy and gross. Uh, there's basically grease dripping off of all the walls, with the exception of maybe the dining room, which would be expected because, I mean, these people eat in there. They're probably going to try to keep that part clean. But, yeah, it's probably the uh, claustrophobic nature of the uh, entire film. Yeah, I think we seem to be in a similar category, uh, Matt. I saw Aliens first, too. I remember getting very excited for Alien 3, and it was 92 when I first saw Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm severely claustrophobic. It's one of my huh. – I, I think that, that if, if you're going to terrify me with a movie, claustrophobia is your number one go-to way of That's doing that. That's the way to do it, yeah. And nevertheless, I'm in, absolutely in love with submarine movies and space movies. <laughs> oh, same here. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, it's it's like it's my excuse. It's my way in and out of small spaces without actually having to d- to deal with the legitimate consequences yeah. of doing so. So <laughs> nice. Well, uh, are we ready to just get into the minute then? Yeah, let's jump in. We're, of course, in the middle of this conversation that's been happening between mm-hmm. Ash and Ripley. Uh, and it has a, you know, it has a pretty interesting turn insofar as who wins the argument i think it's a good question it's um, actually a really good question my okay my, not to get too far ahead of ourselves here but my guess is that we're at the very least um the filmmakers are trying to convince us that ash won the argument now i'm not going to say whether he did or not but i think ash thinks he did and i think that we're being sold the idea that he did yeah i i think that it's colored a little bit to us now by our knowledge of Ripley, but knowing, not knowing who she was at the time and not still having a full understanding of her role as the protagonist of the film. It's safe to say, I think I would have been convinced that he won the argument. What did you think, man? Uh, yeah, definitely. I actually, I feel that this is sort of a, you win this round Ash sort of thing. Like, uh, Ever since that Ash and Ripley started working together, I feel that, which was probably, if you go by the movie, it was only like a few weeks ago, months ago. Uh, I feel that they've always had this combative relationship where, oh, you win this round, Ripley. You win this round, Ash. Except this time, lives are in the balance. And it's not just, oh, you forgot to make the coffee this morning, Ash. Uh, you forgot to uh, pick up the plates, Ripley. Um, yeah, it's basically a back and forth that they have. And you can tell just by the tone that these two take with each other, that they've never been happy working with each other. And by Ash's suspicious glances, I think it's a hint of ulterior ulterior motives that are in play here by both him and uh, the company. He seems to feel like she's dissing him, you know, when he says, I take my responsibilities just as seriously as you do. It also seems like he's given her the the tone of, why are you in here? This This is my place. Go away. I'm busy. Yeah, that's for sure. He's, I don't have I don't have time for you right now. Don't touch my stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and the don't touch my. Yeah, his behavior from the moment this this uh, conversation started, he's he's incredibly uncomfortable with her being there. But I think you hit on something, Matt, when you're saying there's it's suspicious as far as ulterior motives, mm-hmm. because I think he tries to play it off. Where I think if there wasn't the ulterior motive, I think he would be flat out, "What are you doing in here?" Right off the bat. Yeah. But because I think he feels like he's just got caught doing something, he starts to play a little uh, phony polite and actually ask her what she wants. But he then catches on pretty quickly what she's there to, to really talk about, not just yeah. curiosity of the alien and Kane's condition. 
So I think after a while, the animosity grows in him. But we were talking about last week that he seems to take the human approach to the argument, that he's the one that's that's actually saying the, the, the more human humane things about the decisions he made, while she seems to be taking the more logical approach. She's, uh, she's basically taking the, uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And, <laughs> and we have, she's, a, she's pulling a Spock here. <laughs> yep. And we have our Star Trek reference for the week. Thanks for bringing that. Um, cool. All right. So, no worries. <laughs> well, you know, John, you were saying something about the way that the scene concludes, which yeah. I think also speaks to the economy of Ridley Scott's strategy in photographing the scene. The camera essentially makes the same move going out of the place as we made when we creeped in and snuck up on Ash sitting there at his desk. But this camera move now has a totally different context. Yeah, I was, um, I don't think I ever thought about this until I sat down and watched this one minute or these last couple of minutes individually. And then this concept of who wins the argument. I mean, it's a power play for sure. I don't think I ever thought about who won because to me, Ripley always won. But now that I look at it this way, I think that really Scott gives uh, Ash a victory lap here. And that's what I meant by, I think the filmmakers want us to think that Ash won the argument. He takes a cool drink of, uh, of milk again, another drink of milk and uh, takes off those gloves, almost like wiping the dust off his hands, like job done, throws the gloves away, yeah. get a nice, cool, confident walk out of the room. And I think that that's, that's sort of playing into the misdirect that they're constantly giving us about how much how much heft does Ripley have as a character in the story, and then how, whose side are we supposed to be on? They're constantly trying to keep us off balance. We're suspicious of Ash, but we kind of agree with them. We like Ripley, but we're not sure if she's making the right decisions. All of this with the without the benefit of hindsight, I think that's how I would have felt had I not known so much about the movie the first time I saw it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like you said, at this point, you don't know. If you've never seen this film, you don't know that Ripley is the protagonist. Uh, the protagonist could be any one of these crew members. So then we make this move to the underside of the ship, to the Narcissus, with this mm -hmm. straight-on view of it, which I guess they did a some kind of a different model or a different mat so that they could then have TV monitors back behind right. the, the windows to give us yeah. the sense of life going on inside of it. Uh, and we hear Mozart playing. Right. As opposed to, in the Walter Hill script, big band music. Oh, <laughs> yes, Lord. yes, exactly. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a definitely, I think that we definitely have a, the right choice here. Mm -hmm. I don't know what big band music would be saying about Dallas. Little Glenn Miller in space, baby. Glenn Miller, but... Uh, yeah, what is he listening to, a little Sinatra? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think, though, obviously the timeless quality of Mozart, you know, it's it's something... It's a, a bit of diegetic music you can use that you believe yeah. they will still be listening to in the future. Also, his reason for being in the narcissist is not, I don't know, he's not down there to swing dance. He's no. down there to try to relieve himself of the stress he's feeling. And Matt, we've been talking a lot about the unraveling of Dallas. Um, oh, and it slowly happens throughout this picture. I mean, he starts out on edge. Well, he. I mean, he starts out, as the captain of the, the Nostromo in the duties of being captain, yeah. he's cool as can be. When it's time to land the ship, even when the ship has technical difficulties, he's just cool. He's like, he literally says, let's go with it. 
and he's yeah. fine. And in that context, he's great. But the more and more they get out of that element, he gets out of his element, the more he unravels. So this is a nice little digression for him. I like this moment for him because if you're feeling him fall apart as the viewer, you're kind of rooting for a moment where he can get away from it. And of course, then you got to pull the, the, got to, got to pull the blanket out from under him and, and immediately crash that and go right into another tense scene. Exactly. I mean, he needs these, these moments away. And if I recall from the original screenplay, there are actually maybe one or two more scenes in the, in the script where he got away, uh, to the, uh, to the narcissist to just relax for a minute because things were getting too heated with the crew. Uh, he, you need this small little character moment for Dallas of him listening to classical music. And then outside the ship, there's that signature Ridley Scott fog, which I don't know how that's in space, <laughs> but it's fine because that's what Ridley Scott does. He always has mist and fog in his films. It's kind of a signature of his, uh, but yeah, the whole, the classical music thing, it, it's one of those parts that I always sat back and went, Oh, Okay, I get this. I enjoy this. You get a lot of mileage out of a private moment with a character. Oh, most definitely. And we just had one with Ash, and now we get one with Dallas. So one more way of misdirecting us in terms of how important Ripley is going to ultimately be in the story. Precisely. I did have one nitpick about this scene. Um, has anybody, Matt, have you ever noticed that the ADR here is a little out of order? Like it's the, a little off. The call, the call here doesn't make much sense. Ripley calls Ash to ask where Dallas is. He tells her, and then Dallas, or Ash is the one with the information for Dallas. Yeah. It's, I understand there being a call to find where Dallas is so they, they can tell us this is the shuttle. Because at this point, we haven't seen the shuttle yet. Mm-hmm. And here we go. We get a nice little bit of exposition, just quick and neat, saying, where's Dallas? He's in the shuttle. Fine. It should have been Ash calling Ripley, probably. And then yeah, they're right. him, but it's just a nitpick. And that's not Lambert's voice, right? We're sure that's Ripley's voice. I'm pretty sure it's Ripley's voice. Do you think it's Lambert's voice? I always thought it, actually, yeah, I always thought it was Lambert. Oh, interesting. I thought it was Ripley. Well, that would make more sense because I was also going to nitpick in the next minute the fact that he then calls Ripley. Yeah. Even though she seems to be in the middle of this conference call. I okay, so that makes a lot of sense. A whiny Lambert. <laughs> uh, he's As in the shuttle. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I was in the <laughs> shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Poor Lambert. Lambert. She, she doesn't Lambert. get a lot of help from us. Oh, jeez. I try to take it easy on Lambert usually. I kind of almost feel guilty for making fun of her just there. But... <laughs> That's fine. It's Lambert. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, do either you guys, I don't have anything else for this minute. Do you guys have anything else? No, I think we uh, covered this minute, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, we'll be moving ahead. But uh, Matt, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Of course. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at the real Matt C. And other than you can find me on Hey, What You Watching on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, that's the little podcast that uh, Marcelo and I do. And you can always find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash pixels and reels. It's a fun little film community that I've fostered over there. And you can find us at alienminute.com or follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can also uh, follow us at Alien Minute Pod on Twitter. Or go to Alien Minute Podcast on Instagram and check out some images there. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it for Minute 46. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute number 47.